Welcome back, everybody, to another MMA episode of Keep It A Buck podcast. Uh, your host, Aries and Triton here. Here to put a cap on the 2021 20, year of UFC. And it's been probably the... Probably one of the most exciting years of the sport, I would say, in recent memory. Um, what do you think, Trident, about just the overall year of the UFC and MMA in general? Uh, yeah, MMA is growing. We all know that. It's just moving to the forefront as time keeps going on. Um, but yeah, the UFC, they just keep continuing to top each year, I think. Because I think last year we were... We were kind of left, you know, just impressed with all the fights last year. And we were all, I feel like it wasn't even that long ago. We were excited about 2021 and looking forward to 2021. And now 2021's done and it's the same feeling. We're just like, damn, some good stuff the UFC's putting on, putting on great fights, great cards. And now they're just setting up for just even more for 2022. Yeah. So, and I think they're doing uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think the matchmaking for the most part of the year made a made sense, and it turned out pretty great. So uh, I know we missed a fight, a fight card, uh, Derek Lewis versus uh, versus Dacus. So we'll just kind of skim over that because we do have uh, our little awards that we want to give out for the year, and uh, some fight news, and then our or to go over some 2022, 2022 predictions of. UFC and and all that. So, um, yeah, uh, Derek Lewis getting it done in Black Beast uh, fashion. We called it. We got it right. Didn't we predict this? We both predicted this, right? We, predicted, uh, we both predicted Lewis getting it done. Yeah, especially him coming an underdog. Like, it's pretty yeah. crazy. So, I mean, the Black Beast is right back into contender <clears throat> conversation and in title talks again, so uh so, yeah. Such an interesting fighter. Just cause like just how he's been able to win so many fights like that, like last second. I think uh the Stefan Struve well was it the Steph yeah. No no no. Alexander Volkov, that fight. Goodness gracious. Oh yeah. Last second knock KO just gets it done. And I'm not even trying to hate on Derek Lewis. Not, everyone loves him. He's one of the most beloved fighters in the UFC. But, and he's hilarious. But, I mean, he, his skill set isn't that deep. His bag is not that deep. But he's he still uses his strength, which is knocking people out, and gets it done. He, still, he just always finds a way. And it's funny because he's just kind of stayed in that top tier of the division for a, long, for a while now, I would say. You know, he's been up there. He'll lose to, like, the top guy, the champion or whoever it is, and then he'll fight his way back. And this will probably be, like, his third time fighting his way back, right? Didn't he fight DC for the belt? Then he fought. Well, no, he, uh, he lost. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm fought DC right for the belt, <clears throat> lost, lost to DC, um, and then he fought yeah. gone. Yeah, he fought gone for the interim belt, lost. Yeah, and now he's on his way yeah. back up again, right? Yeah. So this this knockout win. Uh, sets him up pretty nicely for a big name. I I want to I want to throw out Stipe's name out there for Derek Lewis next. Um, <laughs> Heck yeah. And I and I think that favors Stipe. 
I know. You know what? I, I don't know because with this fight, <laughs> Chris Dawkins, um, st- I mean, stand-up wise, you know, his mobility and the way he kind of mixed things up on the feet uh, was kind of like the factor. I'm guessing that's why he was favored in this fight. But I mean, you don't want to stand with a man like Derek Lewis, so I don't know. Steve is gonna have to bust out his wrestling to be to be to be for sure to beat. Derek Lewis, Steep is gonna have to wrestle and take him down. That's I think that's the only way you can for sure win. Because if you're gonna stand up, it's never for, it's never a for sure win, and you just never know what's gonna happen if you stand up with Derek Lewis. You just don't. Yeah, so. facts. Yeah, so big one for Derek Lewis. This is a really big fight for uh, Chris Dawkins. Very very early. I think it was just really a really big push too soon. So, um, yeah, he'll have to go back to the drawing board and. Um, you know, fight his way back up again, but yeah. Uh, to, oh, to move on to the co-main of this card. Yeah, this is uh, the one that I was. Uh, I think this is this was the biggest fight for me on this card. Was this was this co-main? And uh, man, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong, listeners. I was wrong. Goodness gracious! I think a lot of people were wrong. This this uh, was just shocking on many different levels. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wonder Boy, Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson versus Bilal Muhammad. Uh, just what a dominant performance from Bilal <clears throat> Muhammad. Yes. I, uh, it's like it, it's hindsight is 2020. So now we can look back. And I think if we look back now, we're like, oh, I guess it does make sense that he beat him. I mean, he can wrestle his ass off. And that's really the way to beat Stephen Thompson. I mean, it's no secret is to, to grapple him and take him down and keep him down. It's, just stay in control, which Bilal was in control. I think of like 11 out of the 15 minutes of the fight, Bilal was in control, which is what you got to do to beat Stephen Thompson. So, yeah, kind of crazy. I thought Wonder Boy to get it done. I'm a big fan, so there might have been some bias there, but hats off to Bilal, dude. Got it done. Stays relevant. I think it was a big win, too, because Wonder Boy's a big name, and he is one of the best in the division. So, be interesting to see what happens with Bilal. Yeah, I mean, Bilal's call, calling out for um, <laughs> yep. Chimaev, so. Oh, yeah. I don't know that, if you want that, That'd be great. Buddy. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but for Wonderboy, um, he just signed a a six-fight uh, extension on his contract, so this was the last fight on his old contract, just signed an extension, so it's just a bad way to go into a new contract. Um yeah, uh, it's tough. It's a tough loss, especially when Stephen Stephen Wonderboy Thompson was so close to putting his name back into uh, conversations of the title and uh, kind of trying to make that run again at the, at the belt. But uh, I think it's time to uh, put some respect on Bilal's name, and uh, it's a big plate. Yeah, so for sure. coming up next, it was kind of rough for it was kind of rough for Bilal because of that. Leon Edwards fight. It's kind of rough, but he didn't he didn't look too good after that and he didn't really make any fans after it either. So Yeah. So for him to come back and do this, it was good that he that he got this win. But I, I'm kinda of wondering about Wonder Boy in his situation, since he did just extend his contract, I wonder if he I don't know if he if he entertains the idea of moving to middleweight. I don't know. What do you think about that? Because he is getting older and I mean Science shows that as you get older, it does get harder to cut weight. 
I mean, he's 37, I think, or 38. So I don't know. I wonder if he's ever entertained the idea of moving up. Might be easier on his body. He might have a, a speed advantage at the middleweight division. Who knows? And then there's there's obviously a whole bunch of great matchups up there too. So I don't know. What do you think? Mm, I've never <clears throat> really thought of uh, Wonder Boy at middleweight, but oh man, the size difference jumping up in weight—that's uh, significant. I mean, those guys mm-hmm. up there at middleweight are just so dense and. The stronger, yeah. of course, but oh uh, man, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of look at it as the Kelvin Gaslam situation, you know. Kind of oh, similar. Gotcha. I mean, Kelvin is a bit stockier, but he's he's been the smaller fighter. He usually is the smaller fighter when he fights, and he does he's done pretty well for himself. So, um, well, you are right because you make a good point. Because a lot of those uh, middleweights, I mean, they walk around at like 205, 220 or whatever, you know. So it definitely would but, be an adjustment. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you don't have like that knockout power in your hands or, uh-huh. um, you know, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson really has to depend on his cardio to hold up and just True. his movement and uh, kind of like uh, Dominic Cruz. So I don't know. Uh, he's still a hard puzzle to figure out, but. I think uh, everyone's kind of figuring that puzzle out with grappling and to defeat him. So if he could just <laughs> keep pace, if he could just keep pace, I mean, that's half of the puzzle right there is to keep up. But I don't know. Kind of, kind of unrelated, but um, you saw the the beef between uh, Dan Hooker and John Jones on Twitter. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they've been going back and forth, and uh, they're just talking crap to each other, but. Um, someone posted a video of Dan Hooker, and Dan Hooker, he he has a he has a fight at, at heavyweight in MMA. It's insane to watch, dude. Dan Hooker fought at heavyweight for one fight, and he was freaking huge, man. And to think that he's fighting now at one forty five, this is pretty crazy. So, I think wow. someone posted that someone posted that video because they were like, "Hey, he's fought at heavyweight before, so John Jones is going to heavyweight." <laughs> just just kind of messing around, but still, it's crazy to see Dan Hooker. He wasn't. He wasn't all scrawny and skinny. He was like all thick and everything. It was pretty weird. Did he win though? Yeah. Oh, he won. Yeah, it was a crazy oh. fight. It was like typical heavyweight, you know, or typical Dan Hooker fight. You know, just kind of going there and just they're just going off on each other. I don't even know who the guy was. Yeah, it was back in, or obviously back in his earlier career, but it was still pretty wild to see Dan Hooker that big. But um, yeah, but yeah. Sorry, it just made me think about that. Talking about Wonder Boy <laughs> going to middleweight, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting good. to see what happens with both of these guys, both of them. I mean, Wonder Boy's a fan favorite, so everyone's always anxious. Everyone's always excited to see who he's going to fight. And Bilal, you can kind of say he's only become relevant in the last year, and the fact that he's calling out Jemayev, which worries me because I don't know if anyone wants that smoke right now. But yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see him fight Jemayev, just so just so we can see uh, Jemayev fight. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, of course, it'd be the toughest test for Chimaev to uh, face Bilal, I think. Yeah. Someone with some actual grappling experience. I mean, I know, I mean, I know uh, Mearshart had has some grappling experience, but that lasted, what, 11 seconds and one yeah. punch? So, 
Well, Jemayev um, already said. Jemayev said he if he fights Bilal, he says he beats him inside one minute of the first round. He already said it. <laughs> so wow. that's that's written down in the papers. He said, I'll beat Bilal in one minute. I'm like, damn, dude. And there's a there's a big part of me that believes him too. I'm not gonna lie. So but yeah. Fun to see. Uh, Fun to see what's yeah. going on. You got uh, anything else on this fight? Nah, man. No. Uh just to point out some winners. Um Amanda Lemos defeated Angela Hill. Um Ricky Simone gets the the TKO win over Rafael Asuncao. Uh, pretty great win for uh, Ricky, though. Um, felt like Ricky's kind of coming coming into his own at uh, 135. And I don't know. This is a big one for him in his, in his career. He's kind of getting over the hump, I would say. Um, oh, Gamrod defeats uh, Diego Ferreira. Uh, so, yeah, this dude Gamrod is a... Uh, He's got a big year coming up in 2022. I just want to say that. Uh, Gamrod finally cracks the top 15 in the lightweight division. So look out, everybody. I need to do some more. I need to watch this guy more. I think you told me about him before, too. I just didn't. I haven't seen nothing on him yet, though. I didn't see that fight. Um. Oh, the OG Cub Swanson. Yeah, gets yeah, gets the great knockout on Darren Elkins, which is isn't an easy task at all. So. Heck no, I was surprised to see that. I was surprised. I was like, holy crap! I Darren know Elkins. he had a nice a nice moment with his family uh, after the victory. So it's good to see an OG like uh, Cub uh, still knocking dudes out and you know still getting wins in the in the sport. So uh, yeah, very much so. Um, man, I kind of want to do a. I kind of want to knock the news out first and then do the do our honors. Let's do it. Sure. Whatever. Wing it. Let's go. Get the news out. Uh, <clears throat> okay. First headline, we got Kevin Lee making his uh, debut at e- Eagle Fight Championship. That's Khabib's uh, promotion. Um, yeah, promotion. Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez was just announced for March 11th. Is it? Are are their weight classes the same and everything over there? Are they still doing the same as like the UFC and are there more Bro, weight classes? Do you know? I have no idea what's going on <laughs> over there, but <laughs> it seems like Khabib is uh, uh trying to get as much of uh the UFC the free agents. Yeah, sure. the free agents yeah. of the UFC, so I mean very interesting fight, I'll just say that right off the bat. I don't know, man. I Okay, all I'm going to say is this. If Kevin Lee loses to Diego Sanchez, oh my goodness. I mean, talk about falling off, dude. He loses to Diego. And I'm not saying Diego isn't good, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because he is good. But, I mean, he's just, I don't know. I I would just be surprised. That's all I'm going to say. I would just be very, very surprised. (laughs) A a promotion like Eagle... Uh, FC is like I feel like the attitude that Diego Sanchez brings to the, the MMA world is I mean it's kind of fit for him so uh, we'll see if um, Diego has success in this new promotion at Khabib's uh, uh, promotion so yeah 
Maybe he lets them juice or um, something. Maybe he lets them take some steroids. I don't know. We gotta check it out. We gotta look into this Eagle FC, dude. We gotta look, we gotta into, look into the rules and everything. So. <laughs> oh, um, next headline: We got uh, Nate Diaz contract extended. Of course. Um, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> Dana loves him some uh, some Diaz brothers. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not surprised, but. I think uh, what a trilogy fight with the uh, Connors on the horizon, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I mean, because like they, there's this like little triangle of like trash talking now. It's Connor, Nate, and Dustin now is in there, and they're all just constantly trashing each other. Because now Connor has it's funny because now Connor has set it up to where he's got a trilogy with Nate and a trilogy with Dustin if he wants to. So this guy knows how to stay relevant, man. I mean, they all seem to know how to stay relevant, but, yeah. Yeah, and it's just so easy. I mean, with social media nowadays, you send out one tweet and everyone just goes crazy and, <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, Nate Nate can just talk his way into almost any fight he wants Pretty much, at yeah. this point. So, Would you say that his power has surpassed Conor McGregor's power? Uh, I really think it's about the same, to be honest with you. That's kind of crazy, man. Because, I mean, before Nate even fought Connor, I mean, there was always talk, and him and, Nate, him and Nick were pretty vocal about it as far as, like, how the UFC wasn't really supportive of them. And they always seemed to butt heads with Dana, you know what I mean? But now it's like, as soon as that Connor fight happened, Nate Diaz is, boom, been one of the biggest stars. One of the biggest unranked stars. <laughs> All the biggest stars are unranked or something. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh, man. And it's crazy because the performances and the fights inside the octagon, yeah, Connor is on a losing streak, but even Nate Diaz losing that Leon fight, but almost won, pulled oh up an upset. So I think that kind of, that's still, you know, want, that's still, that performance kind of, has uh, the fans' attention more than losses like Connor? So I think I think Nate knows that now, though. I think Nate knows that he doesn't necessarily have to win. He just has to have a a fun ass fight. Like he just has to have a fight that. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what Connor's doing. He's not winning, but he's when was Connor's last win? Twenty sixteen. Five years ago, almost six years ago, I think. Because he hasn't won since he beat. Uh, Eddie Alvarez. That might have been, yeah, 2015, 2016. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, like, it's like now you – I mean, and other fighters have voiced their opinions about this too. Like, you don't have to win anymore. You just got to be exciting. That's it. You got to be exciting and you got to bring the drama. And I think Nate understands that and he's bought into that formula and that's all he's doing. He's making more money now than he ever did after all, those, all the crazy fights that he's ever had. But, yeah, now he's finally cashing in. So, kind of crazy. It is crazy. And it's just, it's crazy. If I mean, if you've been an <clears throat> MMA fan, UFC fan for years, I yeah. mean, you understand that people hated the Diaz brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now they love them. So. They love the hell out of them, man. Like, people, and I'll even admit, when I first saw the, the Diaz brothers, I hated them too. I couldn't stand yeah. them. I couldn't stand them at all. But I remember when, uh, when Nate beat Cowboy. 
I was like so like pissed off because I wanted Cowboy to kill Nate. And Nate just like that's an iconic moment too in MMA or UFC history at least when Nate gives him the finger after the third round or before the third yeah. round starts. Oh, beautiful, man. Was, and Cowboy just sits there like, yep, <laughs> this guy's going to be my ass. Man, if you haven't seen that, watch that. Cowboy versus Nate Diaz, that fight. It's very intense, but Nate Diaz whoops his ass. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all good. Uh, so, yeah, that happened. Uh, Nate Diaz gets a contract extension. Um, next headline, we got Claudia Gadesia reportedly retired from MMA or the UFC. Um, yeah, we'll just move on from that. Um, <laughs> next headline, we got a fight announcement, and this one is a great one. We got Marlon Marias versus Song Yadong is set for a UFC fight night March 12th. That's a, that's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one to watch. That's gonna be a good little UFC fight night, or it should be. I hope it lives up to the expectation that I already have, but it should be good. Yeah, stand up wise, this is a great style style matchup fight. Um, but I think Song Yadong is just man, he's putting it everything together so well right now, and he's only getting better mm-hmm. uh, training with uh, Team Alpha Male. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I think his volume is going to be too much for Marlon right now. Marlon's just on a terrible losing streak. He's, yeah, Marlon's, he's, yeah, he's on thin ice right now, I would say. What was he? One, one and five, I think, out of his last six. And he should be 0 oh and six, to be honest, because that one that he <laughs> won was against Aldo, and I thought Aldo clearly won that fight. But, um, and all, yeah, and you're right. Like all these losses, he's almost had the had his opponent uh, had his opponents rocked, and he still loses. So, dude, yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine he beats Henry Cejudo, changes the whole trajectory yeah. of his career because that that was his, the first loss he had on this whole six fight or five fight losing streak, whatever he's on right now. You know, it was that Henry Cejudo one, which was crazy because I thought Marlon Moraes is about to put that fool away, <laughs> but. Great first round. Great yeah, first round of that fight. Very great first round. Great first round. But yeah, I think just like you said earlier, I think this is uh, Song Yudong's fight to take. I think this is his fight to take. This should be his fight where he breaks out on the scene and makes his uh, – kind of gets more – I guess you could – yeah, because this is a main event, right? I don't know if it's a main, oh, okay. but I think this this fight night's going to set up to be – pretty good one so yeah i mean you look at that fight yeah it's it's you can only assume it's going to be a good card but yeah i agree with you i think this is song's time so i think uh this is for the taking yep 135 is getting more dangerous by the day yes um okay last headline for ufc fight news and a pretty exciting one Patty the Batty Pimplets. <laughs> Owen Hart, baby. <laughs> Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Patty the Batty Pimplet <laughs> got his next fight booked. It's against the OG Donald oh Cowboy God. Cerrone. Uh, it's in the works. It's in the works for UFC 272, February 12th. Patty the Batty is back, baby. Yes, yes, sir. That's your birthday, too. Yeah. So. Bro, Pat, that fuck cracks me. He cracks me up, dude. He's such a weird looking dude with his hair and all that. And then even like his dancing and all that stuff he does. I'm like, bro, this guy is hilarious. I mean, it looks like he just came out of the 70s and then just popped <laughs> up 
right here with that hair. But it was wild, man. He's wild though. When those those earlier in the cage fighting or uh, is the cage fighters that he came from? Uh, cage warriors. Cage warriors. My bad. Cage warriors. Yeah. Yeah. We freaking jumping in the crowd and all that. Goodness gracious. Guys, insane. Great debut. Yeah, great debut. We'll talk about Patty uh, later when we do the UFC honors because oh. he did make his debut uh, this year. So, yeah. Uh, that's it for Fight News. Um, now, let's get into our UFC honors, awards. Um, I kind of took some from the UFC because, of course, they had some good um, honorees. And so I have a little bit of my own, but. I kind of made this list on the fly, so <laughs> it's a good list. That's a good list. I yeah, I like the list. So it's a good one. So um, yeah, we'll start here. Uh, best fight of the year. Um, I don't know how you want to do this. You want to just read off mine or or mine first and then yours, or um, just say which one I think is the fight of the year. I mean, do you have a list or no? Oh shit. <laughs> Okay. I, I, so I have, yeah, we'll just go off my. I had my options. I, yeah. I I like I just picked my thing. Like this this is like the fight of the year, in my opinion. So, so I don't think okay, I picked so like a top I'll, three or top four or nothing. I just I just picked the fight that I thought was the best fight for this one specifically. I, I had two fights though. So okay, okay. So I'll just read off uh, the list and then we'll just break down which one we think won. So yeah. Uh, first, uh, first award is uh, best fight of the year. Um, first one is Peter Young versus Corey Sandhagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one is Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Third one is Shane Burgos versus Billy uh, Quarantillo. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good um, one. That's a deep cut too. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a, a deep cut. Yeah, it's a deep cut. <laughs> Uh, fourth one is Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, and the last one is Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. Nice, nice. I try to I try to find some deep cuts because you know everyone gets the shine of these, yeah these big names. So no, those are those are good ones. Those are good for the deep cuts right there. Especially yeah, all those names. Those are all guys that are like on the cusp. I feel like of being big names. You know, Shane Burgos is always a fun dude to watch. So is Billy Q. Brad Riddell is always down. Drew Dober, been right there too. So, yeah. all right, bro. So I'm gonna ask you, uh, what is your who who does your award go to for fight of the year? Man, it was tough. So the two that I keep going back and forth with, but I think I know who I'm gonna give it to. But the two fights that I keep going back and forth uh, between is Sandhagen and Dillashaw. I love that fight. I thought that fight was amazing. It had everything in it. From I mean, main, mostly striking, obviously, but it went to the ground and um, TJ got his knee messed up because of that uh, submission attempt by Sandhagen. And I don't know. It was just, even though it didn't end how I thought it should have ended, I thought Sandhagen won the fight clearly. Um, I thought it was a great fight. It had me on the edge of my seat. You know what I mean? Um, and then obviously my boy Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Um, crazy fight. Crazy fight. Loved it. Lived up to all the hype. Everyone knew what it was going to be, and it lived up. Didn't fall short of anything. No shortcomings. No, nothing like that. But between those two, I, I probably have to pick Justin Gagey and Michael Chandler. It's hard. It's hard to pick yeah. against that dude. It's hard to. 
It is. And like I, I think the moment of opening up the card, yes. that big of a card, it definitely delivered. Yeah. But, man, okay. I think the obvious answer is Gaethje Chandler, but I just want to be different. And I'm going to go <laughs> – I'm just gonna go Peter Yan versus Corey Sandhagen for hey, mine. That was a good. That was a great fight. That was a great fight. Uh, I think the the disadvantage of of uh, of length and just how Peter Yan was gonna win. I think it was just hard. I I couldn't really see it, but I picked Peter Yan to win. But man, the striking, the counter striking in that fight. Uh, we got all five rounds. Yan's a beast. But both fighters, yeah, both fighters just had bright spots in that fight. I loved. So I'm gonna give that my uh, my fight of the year. So you have Jan versus Sandhagen for your fight, and I pick Gaethje versus Chandler for my fight. Both solid fights, dude. Both solid fights. It's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. That list right there you put together is good. It's a tough one. Thank you, thank you. Uh, okay, next up we got knockout of the year. Oosh, this one was tough too. Gosh, dang, this one was tough. Okay, first up we got Usman. KO over Masvidal. Oof. Classic. Next, we got Yuri uh, Prohashka knocking out Dominic Reyes. Next up, we got uh, Rose Namajunas knockout over Wei Li. Yep. Uh, next up, we got uh, I don't even know how to say this dude's name. Bahamandes. Yeah, KO spinning, over uh, that spinning kick. Yeah, over uh, Roosevelt Roberts. And to end the list, we got Sandhagen, Corey Sandhagen, knocking out Frankie Edgar with a, that crazy flying knee. Slick too. This is like it was so unexpected. He just threw it crazy out of nowhere. Uh, Trident, what is your knockout of the year off this off the list? Man, this was tough. It was super tough. Okay, but I <laughs> maybe I'll get some slack for this, but. I had to go with Rose versus Wei Lee, man. I had to. Dude, that's mine. <laughs> really? I had to. Yeah. It was tough. Because not, not only was it a great knockout, but the moment. This, it was just one of the – it's going to be one of the most iconic moments in UFC history. You know what I mean? From her reaction to winning to how she won, the drama leading up to the fight, and then um, the interview after and – you know, Rose be getting all emotional. It's like you can't help but cheer for Rose. It's just tough, you know. It was very emotional. It was very emotional. And it was just all in all, great fight, great moment, and amazing knockout. That kick was crazy. The angle that the kick came in at was just crazy. It was weird, but it was crazy. And obviously she snuck it in and Whaley didn't even see it coming. So I had to go with Rose. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah I, I did too. But I think – and also just to add on to what Trian said, like I don't think anyone thought we would see Whaley get knocked out like that nope. in that fight. Nope. Um, I think I had Rose with decision. Mm-hmm. I think we all did because we were texting, I think, right? We were yeah, all texting <laughs> to see just the tank of what Whaley is, like mm-hmm. to see that result of that fight was just insane. So um, I think the obvious – uh, answer would be Usman over Masvidal, but come on, guys. I mean, Masvidal, I, I, we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I that think dude we all knew Masvidal. Sloppy on the feet. Yeah, well, I think 
I don't think I saw Masvidal get knocked out, but I saw I saw Usman winning the fight. I thought he won decision easy. I thought he just dominate, but the KO did catch me off guard. Yuri, that fight versus Reyes was a good. It was good. It was it was a great fight to see who Yuri is and his style and all that. But yeah, it's just like the moment wasn't there, you know, for the other fights. Sandhagen, that was an amazing KO, and Bahamandes, that Bahamandes was a crazy KO. Super clean kick, and it was in the last second of the fight too. I think there was like five seconds left in the third round when he landed that. But again, it's like the, the moment wasn't there, and so that that moment that Rose had was just crazy, just crazy moment. Yeah, facts. So me and Tryon both agree. Knockout of the year goes to Rose Namajunas over Wei Li Zhang. So uh, next category, we got submission of the year. Good one. Um, <clears throat> this is a great list too. Um, so we'll start off with Vicente Luque submitting Michael Chiesa. We got Brandon Moreno submitting Davison Figueredo in their second fight for Brandon to win the belt. We got uh, Glover Teixeira uh, submitting Jan Blahovich. Next, we got Paul Craig submitting Jamal Hill. Next up, we got uh, Chimaev submitting Li Jing Liang. Jing Liang. Jing Liang. Next up, we got Charles Oliveira submitting uh, Dustin Poirier. And then last up, we got Andre Munez submitting uh, Jacques Ray Souza. Solid list. It's a tough list. I like the deep cuts on there. Yeah. Uh, that Paul Craig one is good, man. Some love to Paul Craig and uh, Andre, yeah. Andre uh, Munez. So. That Andre Munez one is pretty tough. If I had to pick one, I might have to. Okay. I mean, it's kind of similar to the last one. That Moreno submission was crazy. The, the whole fight was crazy. Moreno dominated. But when he finished it with that submission, which I don't even know. Again, I don't know if we, any of us saw that fight ending. I think it was the third round, wasn't it? The fight ended yeah, third yeah, round. I believe. Third round and via submission. I don't think anyone saw it ending like that. And then, and again, and I, didn't even, I didn't think anyone could top Rose's. Her reaction and her moment that she had, but Moreno's was that was amazing. That was amazing. Chills, bro. Yeah, chills. chills. Exactly, chills. And I was like, dude, I didn't think anyone would top Roses because that was after Roses' fight, wasn't it? Wasn't it later? Yeah, that was a few months later. Yeah, and I remember just being like, dang, this guy. Seeing him walking around and even realize, you know, he's like in shock, just kind of like, and the crowd's going crazy. He's the first Mexican-born champion. Crazy. Right? First Mexican-born champ, right? UFC? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Ah, so that's got to be my submission. It's either that or Glover's, but I got I to gotta give it to Moreno. Ooh. It's tough because Glover's an old-ass man. He got it done. Damn, this is tough. Okay. Um, I might... Agree with Triton. I might go Brandon Moreno su- submitting uh, Davison Figueredo. I think just the build, the lead up to that submission and how he dominated the whole fight, especially coming off that first fight where it was so close. Um, yeah, that, it was just beautiful the way it ended the moment. Um, I really wanted to give it to Luque submitting uh, Michael Chiesa. 
because of submitting Michael Chiesa is big deal. pretty tough to do. Yeah, big deal. Um, okay, I'm not going to give it – I wasn't even thinking about Glover, even though it was a, a really impressive. But I think I, I knew in that fight, once it went to the ground, Glover, it was a done deal, and Glover was going to win. That's why I didn't even think about Glover winning this award for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it to Moreno submitting uh, Davis and Figueredo. Unanimous. Um, unanimous, baby. Yeah, unanimous. Okay, so for the next award, I only got three nominees, but they're pretty good, I think. Um, so this one is the best round of the year. So we got Gaethje versus Chandler, round one. Insane. Mm-hmm. We got Oliveira versus Chandler, round one. And then we got Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez, round three. Who do you got? I want to know who you got. Because there's actually one that's not on the list that I thought of that I think I might put as mine. Oh. Wait, are you going to say it or no? You want to say it right now so so you can think? Maybe consider it? All right. Yes. I was thinking the Oliveira and Poye. Round one was pretty crazy. Because mm. I remember that pace they came out at was just crazy, and they're just go. They were like getting after right away. And it was just nonstop catching each other, and I mean, there's that one. I think the Connor the Connor Poye one was pretty exciting too. That first round, that was pretty exciting. But um, yeah, I don't know who you got, dude. I might go. Charles Oliveira versus uh, Michael Chandler round one. Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, just to see the Oliveira fight adversity and almost get knocked down in that first round. Yeah. Um, and for him to come back and win that fight and take that, uh, take the belt. Oh, man. Oh, man. I. Yeah, I think that's, that's who I'm going to give it to. It's tough not to. Tough not to. Um yeah, even though I had the, those other two that I brought up that weren't on the list, I think I still got to give it to GHG Chandler. I thought it was insane. Yeah. And especially that first <laughs> round, dude. That first round's crazy. Oh, man. And just the yeah. just the atmosphere around that fight. It felt like a championship fight. Like, everyone was going crazy. Every hit that landed, everyone was literally on their feet. They were, the whole time of that fight, like, it was for, like, the, the championship. And it wasn't, you know? So, yeah, I got to go with that. Smart, uh, very smart move by the UFC to move that to the first card to open up the pay per view that night. Um, because it wasn't supposed to open up, but it did. Just set it great off, move. Man. Set it off. Yeah, what a what a what a fight. Um, so that's it for round of the year. Next category, we have comeback of the year. And by the comeback, we mean a fighter who was losing the fight but came back and won the fight. That's what the comeback of the year is for me. Um, I only got three nominees for this one. Um, So first up, we got Clay Guida versus uh, Leonardo Santos. We got uh, Mirab versus Marlon Marias. And then last up, we got Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. (laughs) <laughs> it's got to be man it's got to be Volk it's got to be Volk yeah, no. it's tough 
I mean, that Clay Guida one was a good one. It really was. And I was super stuck. I didn't think Clay Guida was coming out of that, um, especially this late in his career. He got it done. And I was happy for him. But for Alexander Volkanovsky as the champion to fight through adversity and come back like he did, and that choke was deep. Holy crap. I think everyone thought both it was done. Both of those, bro. Yeah. Yeah, both of those. I think everyone thought it was done, man. And to see him come out and still win, man. It, I mean, I already had a lot of respect for Volkanovski. And I love Volkanovski because he's a beast. And I love his story and all that. But after seeing him fight through that and get out of it, man, that's true champ stuff right there. Heart of a champ. Oof. Yep, I I mean I have to agree with Trent again. I mean, the submission, the like the great submission artist that Ortega is, and for him to have two submissions locked in deep, and for the champ to fight out of it, and continue to dominate the rest of the fight. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, what a performance by the champ, and yeah, uh, Volkanovski comeback of the year for me. And Triton, so yeah, this cardio is crazy, man. Because, because like right after he got out of them, he was just right back on Ortega, like nothing even, like you know what I mean? He's got right back on it, and man, it was just it's crazy to see his uh, his cardio. That's one of the most impressive things to me about uh, Volkanovsky, man, is his engine. Is he just non stop crazy, man? Crazy, and we'll actually talk about uh, him in the uh, the next segment of the predictions for the 2022. So yeah, we'll get into that. Got to. Yes. Okay. Next category, we got the best debut of 2021. (laughs) We had a lot of, we had a lot of exciting uh, fighters come and show out this year for the first time in the UFC. So let's kick it off with Conor McGregor 2.0. We got Ian Gary, first round TKO, or first round KO. Um, next up, we got Alex Pedeta, second round KO. Next up, we got Patty Pimblett, first round TKO. And then last up, the female Cassie O'Neill, second round TKO. Who you got? I don't know who you got. Mm. Man, I'm I'm, I'm going to take uh, Casey O'Neill on this one. Yeah, because the rest of these guys uh, look like they were about to lose their fight. <laughs> and Casey just yeah, Casey O'Neill is a flyweight that everyone needs to look out for 2022 because she's undefeated, three and zero in the UFC. She had a great year, and she might be a problem. Well, I think she's already broken the top fifteen, right? I think she's already ranked. Is she ranked number fifteen already? Uh, she should be in there. Let me check. Um, yeah, she is number fifteen. She beat Little Shevchenko recently, I think in October, yeah. I believe. Easy money. She yeah. she killed. Yeah, but um, both finishes. Nice. All finishes in all three of her fights in the UFC. It's crazy, bro, because even though I picked Casey O'Neill, and I think she has, like, the brightest future of all these guys I just mentioned, um, the hype around 
Alex Pereira. Um, I'm more, I'm more, I'm curious about. Uh, I think he can make some noise, but yeah, that grappling and cardio is going to be a problem for him. And if anyone who doesn't know, uh, Alex Pereira is uh, the guy that knocked out uh, the middleweight champion uh, Adesanya in kickboxing, and he just got signed to the UFC this year. So everyone's making a big, uh, sure. you know, headline about that. So. We'll see. I don't think he will ever reach the top five. I don't think, but <laughs> that was like back when everyone kept bringing up uh, Joe Duffy and Conor McGregor. <laughs> when they're like Joe Duffy submitted Conor McGregor, but well, they all thought Joe Duffy was, a, but Joe Duffy never even came into the picture, man. Yeah, I must say, like Patty Pimblett, his personality is great. I love him. I love the energy that he brings. Um, and Ian Gary is, he's a. Uh, I like his body and the way he is. Like he has a lot of length in that division as well, but they just get they get hit too much for my liking. So yeah. I don't think they make it far. I must say. Speaking of Patty Pimblett, that's my winner. <laughs> that's my choice. Patty the Batty, such a weird nickname. I don't know if I like the nickname, but I just feel weird calling the. Another dude a baddie, but um, <laughs> no, I just just purely off of entertainment value. Like Patty, just like you know, how you said, he's wild. He's the personality, crazy fight style. He does get hit a lot. I mean, he, I thought he was. I think everyone thought he was done in that fight, and crazy for him to come back. But he does get hit a lot. What is he? Is he he's a bantam, right? Bantamweight, uh, or is he a lightweight? He, yeah, he's a 155-er. Gosh, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, I, don't know. I mean, he's really young. He's super young still. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a deep division right there to, to just jump into, especially right now. It's hot. It's real hot right now. I don't know what Patty can do. Yeah. Um, damn, I just lost my train of thought. Um. Well, but Patty kind of adds on to like this great roster that the UK has right now yeah. in the UFC. So, yeah, let's I get mean, that out of the way. I just want to say right now, he's not Irish, or, or he's not he's not Conor McGregor two I just want to say that everyone keeps comparing him to Conor. I don't know if I can say that. You know, I don't know if I can say he's he's the next Conor. I just want to put that out there. You know, and he's from Liverpool, isn't he? Isn't he from Liverpool? Yeah, he's from the UK. Yeah, man. So it's like. I don't know. He, uh, Ian Gary is the one that's from uh, Ireland. There's just a lot of people in the comment sections of Patty Puma videos that are talking about, oh, Conor McGregor 2.0. I'm like, yo, you're, you're mixing up your accents here. You know? You guys need to yeah, it's the accent. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's just, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, keep going. Sorry, keep going. I said to make that, set the record straight. No, it's all good. <clears throat> um, let's go to next category. We got two more people. Um uh, Next category is most exciting prospect to see for 2022. Uh, I have four prospects who had a big year this year, and uh, they have a bright future ahead of them, I must say. So first up, we got Chris Curtis. That man is yeah, good. Yeah, he's a problem for the middleweight division. Um, my awesome. favorites, we got... Aaron Blanchfield, 
What a beast. Next up, we got Bruno Silva. And then last up, we got Andre Munez. Yeah, mine mine has to be... I don't know. Mine's Aaron Blanchfield. I'm excited, especially... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just see... She just see, I feel like she's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Um, she puts she puts things together really well. She's super young. She's 22 years old. She's born in 1999. What the hell? It's so weird to say. She's born in 1999, so she's super duper young. But she already fights. Like uh, there's just something about her when she fights. You feel like she's been doing this for a long time already. Um, the way she handled Miranda Maverick was impressive. Uh, she can grapple her ass off. She's strong. She knows how to mix it up really well too, as far as like you know, striking and grappling goes. Um, she just looks tough, man. She's tough. So I'm excited, especially for that division. Yeah. Especially for that division too. Um, I think we've all been looking for something to happen in that division, something exciting, you know. And there's a couple names here and there, you know, that we that me and you have always been talking about. You know, we got Alexa Grasso. Got Macy Barber, Miranda Maverick is someone that you and I are both pretty pretty high on too. But I mean, for the most part, that division's kind of eh, kind of a little stale right now. So it's nice to see someone young and new, especially that that can be a problem coming into that division. I mean, I don't I don't want to say like the champ better look out, but uh, Talia Santos should be next up to fight the champ in the flyweight division of the women's uh, division. And I don't know. I mean, I I've, I think I said this at least once about Valentina Shevchenko. Like, she needs to be on her A game, but she's just that good. She's always is. She always is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's Santos is uh, another name in that division. But yeah, Aaron Blanchfield is wins this category for me. Um, yeah, such a such a mature fighter for her age. Um, Andre Munez is a uh, part like yeah, one A one B. He's tough, man. That dude's tough. He's seems like just like a, one of those freak athletes. You know what I'm saying? He just I don't know. That boy's jujitsu game is <laughs> crazy. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right, bro. So this next category isn't really like a category, but um, kind of something fun. I just put out there. Uh, it's three fights. I want to see next year, 2022. Um, do you have a Do you have a a wish oh, list yeah. for this or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll read off mine <clears throat> first. Three fights I want to see next year, and then I'll give it to Triton. Um, first fight is uh, Sean O'Malley versus Corey Sandhagen. Mm. Oof. Yeah. Um, I just think the. Stylistically, the way they move around the octagon, footwork, everything, and the though how they're so lengthy and tall for yeah. their division. I mean, it'd be a, a fun fight to see. It'd be super um, fun. I'd like to see O'Malley try to figure out Sandhagen because I feel like everyone that O'Malley's fought, pretty conventional for the most part, nothing too weird. And I would say that when you when you get to that top five of the bantamweight, everyone moves a little differently. I feel like those top five fighters in the bantamweight. I mean, you got someone like TJ Dillashaw, weird footwork. You could say he just copied, you know, Dominic Cruz, to be honest. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, Aljamain Sterling kind of moves weird too. Peter Jan's Peter Jan. I mean, I don't know. So it would 
Because it's funny that you put O'Malley in yours. Because I put O'Malley in mine, but I put him. I just put O'Malley versus anyone in the top five because I want to see how he handle any Ooh, of those guys nice. in the top five. I just want to see him fight a top five dude. But I, I do like the Sandhagen fight. That that would be a very interesting. Because I just don't think O'Malley would be able to. I mean, maybe he would, but you know, I just don't think he'd be able to go in there and put out as much volume as he does against these other guys. You know what I mean? I feel like you'd have to be more tactical and be a little more calculated and not just go for it, you know? So, because Sandhagen will make you pay probably, just saying. So, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, next fight is Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira. Hopefully for the belt. Um, I put this on just for the grappling sense of things and to see what the scrambles would be like on the floor and who would take that dominant position. So uh, grappling sense, this fight is exciting to me. Um, Last fight, I've been calling this fight for a little bit now. Uh, Actually putting her name with someone else, another female fighter, but uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Rose Namajunas. Hands. Hands, hands, hands. Yes, sir. <laughs> Some of the most exciting that. strikers in the strawweight division right now. Uh, the champion, Rose Namajunas, versus uh, ranked number three, Marina Rodriguez, who's been making some noise. So those are my three fights I want to see next year. Okay. I got a little carried away, but I'll I'll cut it down. So I I want to see Gagey versus Poirier, even though I don't think it'll happen. I kind of <laughs> I don't know. I kind of uh, the fights that I'm saying don't make the most sense, but I would love to see a Gagey <laughs> versus Poirier rematch. I would love to see it. I think the old, I think for that to happen though, Gagey would have to lose his next fight. And then Poye would be his next fight. That's the only way for that to happen is if that happens, to be honest. Um, I think it would be another classic. I don't think their first fight gets enough love because their first fight was crazy. Um, But, yeah, I think that fight would be insane. And I want my boy Justin Gaethje to redeem that loss because I think he would in spectacular fashion. In spectacular (laughs) fashion. That's what I want. Um, Man, yeah, I put down a couple. Okay, sorry, I'm just going to go through all of them. I put down, I think, like four or five. So I had Gaethje versus Poye. I want to see a Cruz versus Dillashaw rematch. <laughs> I don't think that's that crazy, <laughs> but I think I think it could happen. Um, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's not too crazy because it kind of makes sense right now. Yeah, this climate I think of so, too. That division. I think so, too, especially with Dominic Cruz winning the way he won. I think it does make a little more sense. Still kind of a reach. But I'm still hoping for that. Um, this might be a crazy one, but I'd love to see it. Um, I'd love to see, you know, we've talked about Figgy moving up. And if he did move up, I would love to see him fight Jose Aldo. I'd love to see it. Ooh. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Brazil on Brazil action. Um, I think it'd just be a really interesting matchup, especially with his – with his reinvented Jose Aldo that we see now, Figgy not having to cut so much, probably be a lot healthier at that weight. I think it'd just be a fun match, fun striking match. I think, yeah, I think Figgy at a higher weight <clears throat> class, 
fixes a lot of problems that we see him at flyweight. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's that one, kind of a reach too, but I don't care. I'm just yeah, whatever. Um, and then my last one, Chimaev versus Kamara Usman. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that fight. I think we all know Dana White is hot on Chimaev. He loves Chimaev. Um, and so I'm honestly thinking when Dana loves a fighter that much and he sees the, the dollar signs, he's going to push them fast, just like Conor McGregor. So I think looking at Bilal, Bilal's ranked number five right now. If if Chimaev beats Bilal, if they fight and then Chimaev wins, I mean, he's up there. He's right there, I think, in the title contention. Not saying that he deserves it, but I think Dana will put him there and start promoting it. And then Buzz is going to be flying and around. <clears throat> I, I think uh, Chimaev may make Usman want to take MMA serious again. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't take his fight serious, but I feel like uh, Usman kind of has one foot in, one foot out of UFC right now. Um, I feel like he's just looking for money, the big uh, paycheck. And, I mean, I think he's willing to kind of put everything down if nothing excites him like that. So That's a tough fight, so. man. I think that's a tough fight for Kamara, too. I think that's a tough fight. I mean, I, obviously, we got to see who Jemaya fights next. But honestly, I think that Chimaev is one, well, two fights. I would say for sure two fights, but it may be one fight away from fighting for the title. Because if, if that Bilal fight does get signed, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to deny. Cause, I mean, who else is going to fight? I mean, you still got Leon Edwards who maybe, maybe Leon's the next one to fight for the belt. But let's say Leon and Kamara fight and then Chimaev Bilal fight and then the winner of those two fight each other you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't think um, uh i don't think they're in any rush to put gilbert burns back in there or vicente luque to be honest so yeah like yeah that's what i'm saying like i think the money fights make usman stay and uh vicente luque does not excite yeah usman like that so i like it man yeah it's my versus usman Crazy. And I think people just haven't done their homework so much on Shemaev and where he came from. Um, but I'm sure, I think you or Ulysses did, our brother, brother um, kind of saw footage of him before he came to the UFC. <laughs> oh, and, oh, yeah, that was me. What, man. That was yeah, crazy. Just what it, yeah, just what like Shemaev is all about. So His record is just insane. And the people that he trains with, I mean, first of all, he's 27 years old. He looks like he could be like 39, but he's 27. So he's pretty young. He's from Chechnya. The Russian boys, you know, they're crazy. Um, yeah, he trains with all those Swedish dudes. So um, he's training with uh, Alexander Gustafsson, Latifi, those guys. You know what I'm saying? And then his wrestling, especially his wrestling record is just crazy. He's undefeated. He's undefeated in MMA, and he's undefeated in wrestling. His wrestling record is 24-0. Damn. Yeah, and and I've seen some of his wrestling tapes. 
This guy, like, he's literally, it just looks like one of those guys that's just like, looks just looks unfair sometimes. He's just like picking people up, throwing them and everything. It's crazy, man. Crazy. So, it's yeah. gonna, it'll be interesting, man. He's got a bright future. Hope so. I hope at least. For sure. No, I think he does. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up our 2021 UFC awards, honors um, for the year. Um, you heard our most wanted fights for the next year. Um, so, to end off the episode, I don't have a question, but uh, I actually got this off uh, an Instagram page. Uh, shout out to Combat Talk on Instagram. Uh, they kind of put out their their predictions for the next year for the UFC and the fighters and stuff. So I kind of took some from them, and we're just going to run through them and see. Uh, we're going to write them, their predictions. So a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being guaranteed, and one being hell no, that's never going to happen. So we just got some uh, some bold predictions from Combat Talk. So, yeah, I'll see what Trian is feeling off of these predictions. Okay, prediction number one. Kamara Usman is going to retire from MMA in 2022. That's a big hell no. Hell no. Hell no. That's a, <laughs> that's a one, dude. No, I would be, I would be shocked if Kamara Usman – retired in 2022 i would I, I think there's just i think he does care about his legacy i think he does want to go down as the goat i don't think he's done enough yet but i do think he will if he keeps going so i think uh yeah i don't know i'd be shocked yeah i mean and it's not crazy because usman has uh expressed some feelings towards wanting to box but he can't because he's under a contract of ufc but um, it's not too crazy. He wants to box. Um, he's yeah, he does want to box. Started um, learning how, he just started but, learning how to jab, and now he's all talking about boxing now. Come on, man. This is a prediction I will say for maybe 2023. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. It would be It would make more sense for 2023. But 2022, I think, is a good year for him to really seal the deal for his legacy. Preferably get in three I mean, fights, get three more fights in 2022 and dominate them all. And that, I don't know, that can very well solidify his his status. Yeah. I mean, Usman has already beaten a lot of the ranked guys in the yeah. middleweight and the welterweight division. So Twice. I think he has, <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of making that round again and lapping everybody. So uh, I think he has a few more fights at welterweight and then... I don't know. Maybe if he wants to uh, make a friendly deal with Israel Adesanya and, you know, champ versus champ type talk. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if you're going to like this next one, bro. Next next prediction, Tony Ferguson is to be released from the UFC 2022. Ooh. 2022? Mm. Nah. I don't think he will be, but I'm going to have to go like a four. Four. I wouldn't say hell nah, but I would say I don't think it's going to happen. But I could understand if it did happen. So I'm going to go like four or five on the scale. That would suck to see. That would suck to see. But yeah. 
imagine if Tony Ferguson gets released and then gets picked up by Khabib. <laughs> and then they yep. fight uh, Khabib's uh, yep. promotion. <laughs> that could happen. Um, that is not out of uh, the realm of possibility. So that could definitely happen. That'd be hilarious. Uh, I think I'm going to give this prediction like a six or a seven. Like Ferguson is on a bad losing streak right now. Yeah. Um, and and the division of the lightweight is getting tougher and tougher. True. Um, so I think it's close, but we'll see. Uh, next prediction: We got Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier for happening, twenty twenty two. Um, I think there's a really good chance, actually, especially that now that Dustin's lost. I mean, I think there's a good chance. So I'm going to go seven out of 10. There's a good chance. Yeah, I might go six or seven out of 10. Um, yeah, just timing and see what Connor wants to do with the Diaz trilogy or Poirier number four. So. I don't know. We'll see what the whiskey man says. <laughs> it's funny that I say that because the next prediction is Poirier retires from MMA 2022. I think, dang. And we, we kind of talked about this too after he won his last fight with Connor. Just we both kind of realized maybe his passion was kind of slipping away because of the things he was saying in his post-fight press conference. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think there's a better chance. I think I think he's in the, in the stage right now where he's only going to fight for money. I, I really think that's where Dustin is now. I think he's done fighting for the bell. I think he's done fighting for legacy. I think he's trying to cash in right now. So I think, he, I think the only fights he will take is a McGregor or Nate Diaz. And if he's not going to get those, then he will retire. So I don't think he will retire. So I'm going to say this is a five. I'll just say that right now. Because I do think Dana will make one of those fights. One one of the two. Um, But yeah, that's my prediction. Mm, I I, think... Go ahead. I think he either fights Conor, retires, or... I just don't know what else would excite him right now. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like... I just don't think he cares yeah. to fight anybody else unless he's fighting for a big payday. And I think the, the only big paydays right now for him are Connor and Nate. That's really it. Yeah. So I'm going to go five. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, okay, next prediction, bro. This is one is very, very exciting. Uh, Jose Aldo to fight for a title in 2022. I like this one. Um, hmm, hmm. I'm gonna. I think. I think he will. I'm gonna go ten. I think he will. I mean, look how things are are lined up. It's looking good. I mean, Peter Yan's gonna fight Aljo, and Dillashaw's coming off of a loss, or well, I technically a win, right? But. Um, I don't know. I think Aldo might be the very next one, I think. You know what I mean? He might be next in line. Yeah, depending on how that healing process goes. I mean, I'm sure TJ's 
mostly healed, but to heal from injury and then start training again, get your body back and fight camp or fight shape is, is tough. So Aldo may step in for TJ in that place. So I can see it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go eight. So me saying 10 is saying that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, guarantee. Remember this. Remember that I said this. Um, Next head, no. Oh, next, head, next prediction. Kevin Holland to be ranked a top ten welterweight by the end of twenty twenty two. You said a top ten light heavyweight. Or sorry, Kevin Holland to be ranked a top ten oh, welterweight by the end of twenty twenty two. Ooh, I'm gonna have to go. That's tough, man. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go with the four or five. That's that's a that's a tall order. And the only way that's gonna happen is if he's been working on his ground game. And I don't know if he has. I don't know. If, I hope he has because he could crazy. But I don't know. I mean, in Kevin Holland's last fight, it didn't look so good. I mean, there were small improvements on the on the ground and his grappling, but to be in the top ten of a stacked welterweight division of full of strong grapplers, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I might I might go something below five. I think I don't know. That's a tough one, man. It's a tough one because, like, just like how you said, to break that top ten, you got to be the grappler. I mean, look, sitting at number ten right now is Michael Chiesa. I mean. You could catch KS on the chin. He doesn't got a great chin, but still. I don't know. That's tough. I mean, number 13, you got... Uh... Oh, no. I was looking at the wrong uh, division. Um... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> so, I mean, even at number 13, that's a little tough fight. You got Jang Liang. Jang Liang. That's Ponzinibbio down there. You got Jeff Neal, who's kind of hot right now. Chimaev. We're talking welter rates, right? Yeah. So yeah, welter weight. Yeah, that's a tough one. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with mine. Not likely, I would say. Not likely. I can see top fifteen, but not a top ten. I don't know about that. All right, all right, guys. We got six more predictions. Uh, next prediction, we got this crazy ass prediction. Okay, we got Robert Whitaker to become champion in 2022. In what division? I don't know because it's not going to happen in middleweight. You don't think so? Hey, I'm going to have to go against, man. I'm going to go against. I think I got him as a slight favorite in that, in that rematch. What? Man. Oh, my. I believe. I believe in Robert Whitaker. I believe in my guy. Man, I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of both, but I'm a big fan of Robert Whitaker. So I'm going to speak it into existence. I think Whitaker gets it done. He's a new champ. We're going to see a new champ in the middleweight division. Wow. I'm going to give it a 10. I'm guaranteeing this. Whoa. I'm riding with my boy Bobby Knuckles. I was not – man, I was not expecting that. Izzy's great. Izzy's great. I can't, I can't take away from his greatness. He's a great champ. But, man, I think, I think Whitaker's – I think he's got to figure it out. And gonna, I think they're going to be a trilogy. So, but in 2022, I think Whitaker gets the strap. Damn. That's crazy. Because I'm, 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 I'm on the opposite scale. I'm going to go one hell no. <laughs> 
Robert Whitaker is not going to be champion. <laughs> he said, hell to the no. Number one. So one and ten. Hey, that's okay, man. Mix it All up. All right. Yes. Um, next prediction. Trine's going to love it. Justin Gaethje to win the lightweight title by KO in 2022. Ten, baby. Let's go. Justin Gaethje. Oh. He's finding your chin, boy. He's going to find your chin. He's going to break your legs and then find your chin. Okay, so I, I'm taking the – I might take Oliveira in that Gaethje matchup, but I'm going to set this at like a seven because Gaethje striking-wise is just a monster. He's ridiculous. And Oliveira has been rocked before by less power. So Again, again, the, the matchup is a very fun matchup in my opinion. Because in the lightweight division, Justin Gaethje right now leads the division in strikes landed per minute. And then you got Charles Oliveira, who's got the submission record for the UFC. So, man, you know, the one thing that worries me is that Justin gets sloppy and too chaotic. And Charles Oliveira just submits him. That really does. That worries me. Oliveira can just—he's so long, just like how he choked out Dustin. He just gets his hooks in, and it's just like done, done deal. So it does concern me. I mean, even though we have seen a lot of improvement from Justin Gaethje, um, him just being a little smarter in the striking and picking his shots. Yeah, you're right. He can—he can still get sloppy, use up that gas tank to where he's not totally gas, but he's just enough gas to where. It's taken a in a long time for him to throw something strong, and Charles could have just have his way with him early. So, I still yeah. have faith. I'm going ten. I think Gaethje is the champ by the end of 2022. So I'm sticking with my guy. Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> six or seven on that prediction. I don't know. Um, okay, Ugh. this is gonna be a fun one. Next prediction. We got Max Holloway to win the featherweight belt back Man, in that's so tough for me. I'm so torn because I love – I mean, who doesn't love Max, first of all? And who doesn't love Alexander Volkanovsky? Um, but Volk is – he's a beast. But I, I don't know. That's tough. It's, it's going to be close. I think, I think their third fight is going to be really close. But I do think Max gets the strap back. I do. I'm gonna have to go. I'm either all or nothing. I gotta be all or nothing, man. I'm just gonna go ten. Ten, baby. Max Holloway. Max Holloway Hell wins yeah, the like featherweight that. belt. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh now nah, I'm gonna be a fun <laughs> boy and just be biased. I'm gonna go the champ still being the and champ still. 2022. There's great arguments for both. That's the crazy thing. It's like I don't know if there's I don't know if there's closer matchups in any other division than between these two and the featherweight division. To be honest, like Ooh, these these two are nice, so like nice. even with the with the Bobby Knuckles and Izzy fight, like they are closely matched. But I don't know I don't know if anyone's closer than Holloway and Volkanovski. It's tough, man. Because I mean, first of all, I don't know if either of us could see. 
Holloway or Volkanovski knocking out the other. I will say that right now. I don't know if we'll ever see that happen. And then as far as submissions go, Volkanovski's not big on submissions, as you can see. I mean, I'm sure he can, but but if anything, Holloway would be the one to try to sneak in a submission because he's, he's been mixing up his game a lot more. We saw in the IR fight a lot of ground game from Max. Takedowns, mixing it in, takedowns and stuff. He's just mixing everything up a lot better. So I do think Max is going to come. He's not going to be so one-dimensional. I do think he won that second fight, first of all. And he, I think he won it because he did throw a lot more kicks and mix it up better. But in this third fight, I think he's going to mix it up even more with the takedowns, the punches, the kicks, everything. And I think I think he'll he'll win a decision. Nice. <clears throat> okay, I want to put my prediction on top of this prediction, and I'm going to say Max Holloway loses to Volkanovski, and he goes <laughs> to 155 at 2022, baby. That's, that's a that's a big prediction. That'd be crazy. Throw Max Holloway <laughs> in the lightweight division. Holy crap. That would put it over the top. Let let Max, yeah, let Max just settle into that one fifty five body and just let him do his thing. That'd be crazy. That would set that division over the top. Um, okay, yeah, I got three more predictions. Next one, we got Sean O'Malley to become a top five bantamweight in twenty twenty two. Right now, he's ranked number twelve, but bantamweight division. Is probably one of the toughest divisions in the sport right now. So that's tough. Think? I mean, for him to be a number five, he has to win, right? And I think from ten to six in the bantamweight, I think he can be ten to six. But from five to, to champ, I don't know about that five to champ. That's a tough one right there. That top five is a tough. That's a tough road right there. But. I'm going to go eight, seven or eight, actually. I think there's a good chance he does. And he does stay pretty active, which I do like about him. He's, he's Ever since he's come back off that long layoff, like forever ago, he's been pretty active. So I think he gets at least three fights this next year. Yeah, I'm going to have to rank this pretty high, too. I don't know if it's a 10, but it's eight, nine in that range. Um I think there's a lot of favorable matchups for O'Malley to jump into that top five. Um, yeah, so. Um, crazy that we're talking about this division because the next prediction is TJ Dillashaw to win the Bantamweight title in 2022. Hell no. One. <laughs> That's a one, baby. <laughs> That might be the, the craziest prediction I've read, probably. Man, I, I would be pretty shocked. I I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. He's great. He's a great athlete, great fighter. He's amazing, actually. But I don't know. I don't know. Just looking at Peter Yan, I mean, Peter Yan's a beast. I don't know if anyone would beat that guy. To be honest, Peter Yan's a beast. So... I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't even know. I th- I think I think if you could beat Corey Sandhagen like that, like because I think Corey Sandhagen is like one of the toughest guys in the division to beat, but to beat him like that, that's just something. And I still don't think TJ TJ. No, I don't think so. Corey. But oh man, just I think it's just time where 
the the division has evolved and fighters are evolving, are getting more powerful. They're figuring out TJ's footwork and it's not so um, different nowadays. So Very true. Very, very true. Yeah, it's rough. All right, you ready for the last prediction? (sighs) Last prediction, Amanda Nunes to go on a losing streak in 2022. So she loses her next fight is what you're saying? Man, that'd be tough. Oof. I want to know who she's – I'm 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 curious to know who she fights next. I want to know. I want to know if it's going to be a rematch or if it's going to be someone else. I don't know. Has to be a rematch, right? Has to be. I think so. I think she's going to take some time off, though. I think I don't think we see Amanda back in the, for a think fall bit. time, maybe. So Let's try to set something up in the fall. I mean, I can see like end yeah. of summer, fall. Like, I, yeah, I think this the weight cut to one thirty five for Amanda is is tough. And her being a parent, having a baby now, it's just, I think a lot of that home lifestyle kind of took part in her, her camp. This, this, uh, well, I wonder now camp. what if, let's say there is a long layoff for Amanda, what is Juliana going to do in the meantime? Does she wait or does she get busy and try to get some defenses before she fights again? At least one, right? At least one defense. Whoa. I think I think we got one defense, and I, I'm going to call out Irene Aldana to fight Juliana Pena in the meantime. But what if she loses the belt, dude? You think she loses that one? That should be crazy. Oh, uh, well, you know I'm so high on uh, Aldana. Her boxing is so crisp. Um, she trains with Alexa Grasso, so their yeah. boxing is great. Um. I don't know. It, it it would just have to depend on if Aldana can stay off the ground because she has trouble with her takedown defense. So, you know, you know what's interesting though is that I don't know, man. Because Holly Holm is up there, which is kind of weird to me. But and Holly Holm's last win was against Irene Aldana. So, I mean, that was back in 2020. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a long time ago, so kind of irrelevant. I mean. Bro, yeah, Holly put on that OG, just kind of use her grappling on Irene, yeah. like Aldana, so. I would I would be surprised if, if Holly uh, we got, still got, got thrown in there, but I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I mean, there's Kaylin Vieta, who yeah. just beat Misha Tate last fight, so. There, there are names. They're not too many names, but I mean, Aspen Lass trying to get in there. She's washed. <laughs> Don't really care. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, Juliana's yeah. stand up is still messy. Her striking is not good, but it's just who who has to take down defense to stay on the feet and uh, box Juliana. Uh, I'm not okay. Sorry, we we totally turn this around on Juliana and now we're not even talking about Amanda. I think the chances of Nunez going on a losing streak, I'm going to go two or three. I, I still find that hard to believe. I think whoever she comes back to fight against in the bantamweight is going to get their ass whooped. <laughs> I, think that, I think it's a first round <laughs> TKO to slaughter. I do. 
It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think my number is going to be low too, but it would be crazy if they kind of strip her title of the 145 belt because there's no one in yeah. that division to fight. Ex- except maybe Kayla. the UFC signing the biggest fr- free agent on the market, Kayla Jeez. Harrison. They're like so. trying so hard to hype her up, and I'm like, dude, I've never heard of this girl before, man. And maybe that's my uh, my ignorance, but still. I'm like, is she really that good? I mean, I don't know. I got I to do my homework, I guess. I don't know. Which... I'm just going to say their grappling and the wrestling okay. is, is that good. good to know. But the striking, not so much, huh? Uh, I will still give Amanda that, but yo, Kelly Harrison is thick. I mean, and I mean that in like muscular, just well, dense. You can she's tell, just a man. Big body you can tell when you see like, her just yeah. on TV. Yeah. Yeah, she's scary. She's a linebacker, dude. Um, you know what bugs me is that we never saw a rematch between Cyborg and Nunez, man. I'm sure there's a whole story like that's probably already out that I haven't read about, but man, I'm just like. No rematch for that? Like, I wish we would have saw a rematch. Do you think it changes? The outcome changes? I just think Cyborg got caught up, man. She just got caught up in the slugfest. And I think if she would have... It could have been a lot different if, if she just would have eased back a little, man. You know? Just be more calculated. Don't rush in there. Don't stand in the pocket so much. But she just went after it. Yeah. She just got caught. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, she fought very uncharacteristic, like Amanda, how yeah, she lost true. her belt. Very so, true. but yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for the episode, guys. Uh, that wraps up and kind of recaps our, our year for the UFC and um, just the last episode for the year 2021 for us and the podcast. Um, you got any last words, Trident? Uh, anything you want to say on the year? Or no, thanks for anyone who's been listening. Um, Aries and I are going to continue to get better at what we do. And just from from analyzing fights and fighters and predictions and our speech and pronouncing names better because we suck at pronouncing names. But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to keep this going. We're not stopping anytime soon. And um, we just hope that you guys stay along with us for the ride. So we're only going to get better. Yes, and we hopefully to have video and record ourselves for YouTube and put it on, on YouTube uh, 2022. Um, well, the podcast in general to be on YouTube and give some videos. So. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just thank you guys for tuning in to our MMA episodes. Um, kind of means a lot to see the numbers grow each episode and um yeah i mean just i don't know yeah it means a lot to us even though we don't record as much as we would like to because life happens for the both of us we're very busy people um we hope to record more often in the next year so just look out for that thank you guys for growing with us and yeah that recaps it and that does it for our MMA episodes yep. for 2021, guys. So um, thank you guys for listening. Keep it a book.